Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Revelation. It is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Chapter 3, I'm going to read one verse today, but I will traverse the Bible. Because today is a principal lesson. A lesson that will bring you to a strength and a power and an authority in God if you can grasp what he's trying to do in you as a person. Most of the time we, we want to grasp what we want him to do in us. But grasping what he wants to do. I love cathedrals because I'm a builder. I love to build. I love to go to a terrible ground and pull the rocks out, knock down whatever building was there. I love to see the plans. I love to talk to the grader, the guy who's going to grade the, the first grade and get the place where, where it's ready for where the holes are going to be, where the footings are going to be, where they're going to dig the bell bottoms down. That's just talk, but that's, they take a big, big, big bore and they bore down into the ground and, and then it bells out the bottom to make this big ball of concrete down on the bottom of the foundation to where the building can't sway because up on top when you see the concrete flat, you see some little uh, pieces of iron sticking out, bolts, and, and on that bolt will the pillars of the house be set and because it's solid in the ground, it will not move. I remember building in a gumbo down around the coast here in South Houston. I remember building a building that was 120 by 100 clear foot span. I remember the, the, uh, the architect telling me, if you don't get the tensile strength straight enough and you don't get it the right level, the building will implode upon itself. Thinking what is tensile strength. Thinking to me what is the cables underneath that you'll never see again that are pulling against each other that are holding that building erect in the days. But I saw it. I saw it after they poured the footings, after those big giant bells of concrete. I thought they would never finish the concrete trucks backing up and pouring those multi-thousand dollar loads into the ground and I'd just disappear out of sight and, and I'd think, wow, why don't we get to some building and why don't, but, but we couldn't yet because we had to get the foundation right. I read the 12th verse quite differently from everybody else. You see, I like to go sit in a big building and bore everybody around me to death while I just think. Not long ago, I sat in the great cathedral in San Antonio. That service had let out and I eased my way in as the traffic came out and they were getting ready for the next service. And I sat there in that great cathedral looking at the pillars, looking at the inscriptions. You might dismiss it as religion. I care not to argue with you. I just want to talk to you about the building that is there. 
And for a moment, my mind went to the days of its building. And I could see the little children running around in the outlying areas. I could see the men hard at work, scraping, bringing sand and dirt and mortar and mixing. I could see the architect sitting on his stool with the plans laid before him and the building superintendents all around. And if you've ever been a part of a project, it's just like, it's just like a nightmare of, of, of things going on. And, and nobody knows who's doing what, but everybody's in their place. And I literally, in my mind's eye, could see that building coming up around the pillars that were set. And now for over a hundred years, that building has stood and held. We may talk about natural buildings today, and we may talk about some buildings in the Bible, but the real building is the house of the Lord. The real building is not this building, that's a pillar. It's holding up that area so that they can have no wall right there. Uh, there's a big beam. It's all hidden now into those places. But below this foundation is footings and bell bottoms and, and concrete and things and labor that you never dream of. Fights and struggles and money times and, and worries and equipment shortages and people shortages and struggles. But we sit here in lovely room in an in a air-conditioned space, and we sit here in relatively ease and never think about what it took to build even this place. But what about you? What about you, men of God? What about you, woman of God? What about you, elder in the house? What about you, musician? What about you? What about you? And you, and you, nobody ever thinks about what it took to make you, you. Nobody ever thinks about what it took to bring you to a place to where you could walk by yourself and talk by yourself and make decisions and get up when you fall down and go forward when you would like to go backwards. And, and what drove you inside to keep building on you? And then you chose to go to a house of the Lord. And you want to know what is my place in the house of God? Who am I in the great scheme of things? Even great men who have great ministries get caught in the middle of the night and they think, what am I? Who am I? And what am I saying? Am, am I, I mean, if I were gone in 15 minutes, somebody else would take my place and it'd be over with. That's not what Jesus is thinking. That's what we're thinking. Who's applauding me now? Who likes me now? And how many have I been able to increase? Or who, who has the success rate? That's not what Jesus is thinking. Jesus is not judging you by the numbers in your bank account, nor by the ways that you have succeeded in life. Jesus is looking at you for you. And John the Revelator said it the best that I could ever say it because he heard the words of the Heavenly Father say in verse 12, to him. 
that I'm reading out of the King James, that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. And he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, which is the new Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from my God. And I like the final spokes of it. And I will write upon him my new name. Are you living up to your new name? Has he not inscribed the new name yet because it doesn't look like that space yet? There are two inferences that I want to draw from this scripture. And first there's this. Will I make a pillar? A pillar. An unshakable one. The reference reminded those that were reading at the time of its writing of the frequent earthquakes, especially in Philadelphia, as John was writing to those churches, especially in Philadelphia where the earthquakes came and shook their buildings down. So he wasn't just talking about something they didn't know about in, in, a, in, a, in a time of some of the where. He was talking about, he's going to make you a pillar if you'll overcome and you'll be unshakable. You will not move. See, the apostle was encouraging the believers to continue in the faith, and those who overcome would prove to be the real pillars to the great and the eternal house of the Lord Jesus. This is our beautiful place that we're ministering in today. You're watching wherever you are today. You may be in the most beautiful cathedral that there ever was, taking a few moments for lunch and watch a preacher talk about being a pillar. But may I say, there is an eternal house of the Lord that is being built throughout the world, and He is fashioning pillars everywhere. And you don't know who those pillars are because they haven't been released yet, and they haven't had the name written on them as to their purpose. But I tell you, God is not a God that builds in a slap-happy fashion, and He's not a temporary God. He's a God who builds for the ages. So if you are going through being built, if you have the hammer on you right now, if you have the mortar being slapped at you, if you, if you have everything turning you over and under and around and pushing you to get you into place, what weight will you be designed to hold? Pastors and apostles and prophets and those of us who oversee others in that ministry often are so weary watching people try to be the pillar, trying to be the one trying to help everyone else understand that if you don't take care of me, you're going to fail. But see, that's humanistic. God has a different plan. 
God builds and builds and he uses people. And people say, God, use me. And then they get upset because God is using them. Because what happens is God begins to test your ability to be used by him in the building of the eternal house. How does he do that? He puts a little weight on you. After all, pillars have to handle weight. You begin to feel the pressure of the work. You feel the pressure of you and the relationships in the church and in your job and in your home. And, and then I, I, I ordained a, a man of the law a couple of weeks ago in our private chapel. And I told him and his family, I said, tonight you enter a war. We don't, we don't lay hands on you lightly. We don't lay hands on you just because you desire. You are entering into a war as a soldier of a mighty war, and we're building a house of the Lord. Immediately, those who do not want you to build for the king will come against you. Within a week, I was receiving text. Uh, Boy, I got this turned and that turned, and it looks like the world's turned upside down. Welcome to the war. Welcome to the building site. Welcome to the construction zone. Yes, welcome, welcome. A new freeway is coming through, and it's going to have a pillar in it, and you're going to be the pillar. And so you just want to say, like we say in the South, buck up, bucko, and wait and let the weight come upon you because every time you say, I'm under pressure and I got to get out, I got to get away, you're saying to God, you haven't worked on me enough. Send some more temptation my way. Send some more test my way and let me get heavy. But God's saying, I would just take you my way if you would just come to me because he said, oh, ye that are weary and heavy laden, Come unto me, I will give you rest. So when you begin to feel like you can't bear up under the construction process, you say, well, I'm 75 years old. When did... You don't know that in one period, Noah moved the world from one set of circumstances to another, but it took him 120 years no, 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 not to build the ark, for the ark to build Noah. Oh, the complaints we have. God's not moving fast enough. What am I going to do? I've lost this. I've lost that. I, they're hollering at me outside. It's not good. I don't get enough recognition. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all don't do it right. Yak, 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 yak. But really, that's not anything about anybody else. It's about you. You're under pressure and you're feeling the weight. And you just, you should just say, Oh, Lord, let me, help me, Lord. Help me, let me bear up under this weight that I feel in the ministry because I want to be a what? A pillar. In the house of the Lord. And the second part in that, it says he's going to write upon him. In other words, going to engrave on him. There's a great jeweler in this house, and he knows that, that you just can't engrave just anything. You have to engrave something that has the heart enough to be engraved for the, for the, for the inscription to stay a test of time. So when God brings you to the place that he can write his name on you and say who you are in him, you may never see it. You may never know it. You may never know why so much weight is coming on you, why so much is put to your test. 
But God has told the worlds to come. This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. If you were to sit in Philadelphia on the sides of the four marble pillars which survive as the ruins of Philadelphia, at the time that John was writing this, inscriptions are to be found. The writing would be the name of God, the name of the heavenly Jerusalem, and the new unknown name of Christ himself. You see, he wasn't talking to Jewish people that didn't know what he was saying when he said, unto him that overcome will I make him a pillar in the house of God. Because they had seen the physical pillars with these things, the name of, uh, of God, and the, the name of the heavenly Jerusalem, and even the unknown name of the Messiah to come. They lived like that. The illusion was to that little gold box that the, that the Hebrew priest wore on their forehead called the frontlets. Uh, and, and in that little was the, the name that they would not say out loud and still won't even say today. And if you read on the internet or read in any Jewish writings, you will see that they leave a blank where they won't even say God. They won't even say Jehovah. They won't even say those words. It's what the Jewish priests wore in their name. This pillar would re reflect the likeness of God. The, not only would he bear the tokens, but it would show an all clearness that, that you're really not a citizen of earth. You're a citizen of where? Heaven. So where do we take the turn? Where does your life become more godlike than earthlike? I would tell you to quit trying. Get close to him, for he sees the times that you are more like him than you are like the earth. We're trying to be like God, and he's trying to make you a pillar. You're trying to achieve something that you were not designed for. That's why we have grace and mercy. That's why faithfulness from God is so much greater than faithfulness from men. So if you come today and you say, I want to be that pillar. I want to walk with God. I want him to write on me. Don't expect everybody to know exactly who you are. In fact, quite the opposite. They may abandon you and not even know why they cannot stand you. And other times things will be drawn to you and you'll wonder why this. We're not pawns in a big chess game of God. He knows where we're going. We're not earthly citizens. And if we are, we won't enter there. If you've believed on the Lord Jesus Christ and you've been born again of the water and of the Spirit, you are not of this kingdom. You are of the kingdom of heaven. So all over the world are pillars being made. I have done a lot of demolition in my time. I've learned how to take great things out of buildings and take them to another place. Every time you take something great out, you have to build scaffolding to hold up that place while you remove the precious from them. In one of my, I have a whole ceiling that is a that is stained glass, and it was out. Of, it was out of a cathedral that was thirty uh, over over a hundred years old and thirty feet high, a stained glass, and and we spent three weeks 
pulling it out. But every time we took a section out, we had to shore the building up so the building wouldn't fall. I want to know how much weight is on you and what would really truthfully happen if you didn't get your way and you just went on, on God and said, I don't want to be with God no more and I sure don't want to be with ASAT or I sure don't want to be with you people or I sure don't want to be around Bishop Holly anymore. I'm just going to go back, back, back. How long would that last? In the scheme of eternity, dip your hand in a bucket of water and pull it out. And for a while, there will be some rings that go round. And then in just a little while, it'll be still again. So let's talk about you and I being faithful. If we are faithful, if he pulls us out, he always has something better to put in its place. So you should leave that up to God. You should leave it up to God about all the machinations and how the building is being done and how he's going to get this and that done. You should just follow God and realize that if he takes you out of one arena, he will put you in another arena and then he'll put some weight on you there. You're not going to be a pillar sitting out in the architectural graveyard and everybody walking by and saying, look at that mighty blessing. Oh, that's a great blessing. Blessings are meant to be used. Wait. I was thinking today as they were playing the music on the stage, I enjoyed your guitar playing, brother. I was thinking, wow, I've heard a lot of guitar players in my life. I hear guitar players come and go, but I enjoyed his guitar playing. Well, you know what? That's a gift that God put in him to be used, to be used. Not that the guitar starts saying, okay, let me run the church. Let me run the church. And ding, 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 ring, ring, ring. Let me do just a little bit of Eric Clapton. I think I'll do B.B. King today. Well, uh, let's do some Johnny Cash. No, 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 no. The guitar plays the music that is orchestrated to it. And I think we can all get the picture without me going too much deeper. We all have a part to play. And God has a great pillar for every one of us if we will be that one that he can rely on. The unseen ones in the house. The unseen ones that are there. You say, well, I do so much that nobody knows. You don't know who knocks on my door day after day, week after week. It's not supposed to know. I'm not supposed to get on the Internet and take pictures and show. I'm not supposed to say who calls me from different parts of where. I'm supposed to work and be what I am to be a pillar, and I have a name on me, and that name is revealed to those who need to access me. What about you? This is not mystical, guys. This is not mystical. You are made from God's own love. He gave his only begotten son that whosoever should believe in him should have life, everlasting life. So he took you and he began to build you and make you a pillar and some things you have to overcome. First of all, yourself. And then after you overcome yourself, other people messing with you. And then you have to mess with other people. And then you got to do this and that and live life. My car was in the parking lot next door 
for over an hour before I got to church today while the, phone, while, the, while the speaker was blaring as the man was telling me all the horrors of his life and all the troubles and all the problems. This is a great man. But let me tell you what I told the great man. Hey, just be honest with God. Just be straight up with God. God will just take the hammer and start working on you. He'll start making you better than you ever were before. Can't take it. You can't make it anymore. God will make you and to a pillar that you can be waited upon. Somebody say that to me. I want to be a pillar in the house of God. You say, well, I want to know everything. No, 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 no. It has to be unfolded to you, faithful and victorious, new and higher possibilities of purity. Why is he just burning that out of us? And sometimes we feel like, my God, I'd, I, I've been through enough. Maybe not. The refiner's fire for the gold gets so hot that it's all unrecognizable as an ornament. But once it is finished purifying, then it can be made into lasting beautiful. I want you to notice that the Scripture refuses to recognize any finality, which is not a beginning I'll say it again, and I, I feel very strong that we have, we have people watching and people listening today, and some of you that will be listening later on the podcast, you, 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 you think it's, it's over. You think that these are, well, I just keep starting over. No, 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 get it right. God says that he, he that the Scripture refuses to recognize any finality, any ending, which is not a beginning, as well as an end. Or may I say, a landing stage in the great law of continuity. So you say, well, I just hate to do it again. Do it again. Get up in the morning. Put your clothes on. Wash your face. Smile at yourself in the mirror. And say, Father, give me what you want me to have that I might bear the weight that was meant for me to bear. Do you not know that God is able to perform and finish making a pillar in the house of the Lord? Just look at that verse again. The overcoming there is, is a present, continuous process, but it also sometimes comes to a termination. You say, well, I just can't keep getting built. Well, let me just show you how this works. I'm built out in some areas. I've built out my home twice. Now I'm thinking about, well, I think I could go that way 20 feet. <laughs> Lou is looking at me like, whoa, where are you going to do that? Come see. You see, just in my mind, the finality is not an end, but a beginning. And the overcoming is a present, continuous process. But it will have a termination. So some things in you do get built out if you don't go back and chip away at the foundation of it. If you don't remove yourself from the process of God building on you, then he can begin to add to you. It's, I, I, I'm sorry to say this, but some people never get past the building out process because they keep tearing down the foundation that they are on. And they keep reverting back to those things that destroy them. And every time God puts a little success or a little weight on them, they wind up in a situation where they cannot handle it. Now, I don't want to talk about everybody, just you and you and you and you and you and you and you, and you because it is everybody. 
We have some things we do very well in, some things we can handle forever, and then there's other things that get on our last nerve. That's what I'm talking about. God puts a little weight on the areas. He said, I will not put on you what? More than you are able to bear. At what stage, I ask? At what stage? I, wa I don't want to just get to that place like a child that I was able to bear falling off the bicycle and getting back on and riding again. I don't want to come to that place as a teenager when I finally got my first motorbike and I wrecked it on the very first day. I don't want to get to that place where I had a car and I ran the wheels off of it down a ravine. I, I want to get back up. And so church becomes messy. The house of the Lord becomes construction-wise messy. Now, let's look at it in the eyes of the Spirit. You all come together for church. Praise the Lord. Oh, we good. We put our face on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we've had a fight all the way to church, but Hallelujah. Now we get in and the singer starts to sing and their job is to get us all in unison for the, word, for the, for the preaching of the word. The, the job is to keep things moving good and, and they're trying. But, but over in this corner, if we could take the, take the cover off, this one's in a mess. And this one in this part of the uh, choir is in a mess. And that person in that part of the, uh, uh, the, the back in the nursery is in a mess. And it's a mess, 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 mess. How does God ever get anything done? Because God has this oil called the Holy Spirit. And he pours in the oil and the wine and the wounds of the people that are being made. Where a mess is made. There is no clean construction site. I used to go every evening and I love to clean up myself. I like to clean and sweep construction mess. You know why? I get on the little skidster and push the big stuff out the way because I wanted the men when they come back to work the next morning to work clean, to be in a place that was ready to go again. And I just see the Holy Spirit in so many places. He comes in and, and as people begin to worship and get their mind on the Lord, I see, I see the Holy Spirit just pushing us out of the way, the, the mess and pushing out the struggles and pushing out the questions that we have and, and what are we going to do with this and how are we ever going to change that and if they do this push that out of the way every stray thought is pushed out and all of a sudden the worship of the Lord comes in and you begin to feel the anointing what happens in that scare he begins to build on people he begins to work on people what is he doing he's making a pillar in the house of God so when you see a mess going on zip up your lip and say go God when you feel God working on you and it's heavy you say Lord I know you'll not put on me more than I can bear I know I can rise to the occasion I want you to close your eyes right now and before I go a step further I want you to say I'm rising now I'm rising out of the construction debris. No more my opinion. See, the architect of those days had to rely on the pillar that was being made by the workmen. Today we rely on factories to send steel. And we've tried to turn the church into a factory when it's still a workman that needeth not be ashamed where God works on people like you 
and me. You see, the strength of the pillars is in direct reference of how big a building can be built. So ASAP, I address you personally today, and then I address my brothers and sisters. ASAP, if it's taken these some days of, since the beginning of ASAP to form some pillars in the house and have some pillars out, some pillars in, some things changed around, why would you say, I don't like change? Why would you not say change is consistent in the kingdom? There's always a move of God happening here because I think God is getting ready to set the weight down on the pillars of Asat. And then who scurries in underneath all those pillars? Who gets underneath them? People that need work on. People that need struggles. People that's got problems. People that's got needs. People that's got this. It's not just one person's way. It's everybody's way to get underneath the hammer and let the Lord begin to make us into what? A pillar. And what is the goal? The goal is to one day have a name put on your head that is worthy of God's calling on your life. I don't know if I've got there yet. I don't, know if I, I don't know if he's been able to put that on me. It may only come in death. It may only come in the time when it's over. And we say that like the five generations of preachers in my past and my wife, five generations, we only could say after they were dead that these men stood for the kingdom. Not their personal messes, the glory of the place. Now I'll speak to those of you that are afar and you're, and you're watching today or you're listening or your own podcast. The structure is completely dependent upon the strength of the pillars as to how big a building God can build on you. And I'm going to close with this thought. There were two pillars in Solomon's temple. They were set up on the porch. Everybody knew these pillars. The inscription on the one was Jachin, J-A-C-H-I-N. You know what it means? He will establish. Jeremiah, I loved your music today. He will establish. Peter, didn't care too much for all that beating and banging, but, but he will establish. Peter happens to be a personal friend. I'm just, just picking at him, but I'm just saying, he will, Joaquin, that was what the porch of the house of God, one of the pillars stood. So every time somebody walked in that place and they looked up, they had to take their eyes off the construction mess and all this buying and selling that was going on outside the temple, all the junk that was going on inside, all they could look at was that word up there that was given on that pillar. I'm holding this place up, Jaquin. He will establish. Would you just take your heart right now and put your hand over it and say, He will establish me. I will be a pillar. He can put weight on. Well, what did the other name mean? The other name was Boaz. And what does Boaz's name mean? In him is strength. So if you ever think you're going to do this by yourself, when that weight comes on you, it just crumbles. 
and then everybody sees the fault and, and, and everybody has to rush around and try to help pick you up and put you on it again. See, we're not in control. We're not even able to tell what we're going to do tomorrow. The Bible says if he will, we'll go into a far country and we'll buy and sell and we'll gain strength. If God wills, we will do this or we will do that. But now we've gotten so bold in this 20th century that now we tell God what God is going to do and we tell the angels what they're going to come and do for us. I beg your pardon. It's still a place under construction where God is looking at you and you and you and me and he is writing Joaquin Boaz and he is making revelations where he is saying in him is strength. Now let's be, let's be the Lord of heaven. One time I was in a church I was pastoring and early in the morning I heard the Lord come and in my eyesight in the spirit I saw him walk through the people and I told them, I said, the Lord is here today and I could physically see him go and look in people and I warned them and some of them were so full of themselves that they mocked him. I said, today, no, they just said, oh, that's just a crazy prophetic preacher. They known me a long time. I said to them, he is here today and he is judging whether he can do what he wants to do here. And he will make his judgment and then he will move on. And I said these words, Lord, help us all. Within weeks, the weight began to come on certain people. And I saw them stumbling and crackling under families and under, under marriages and under life. And I know I'm going a long time today, but I got to say what I got to say in the spirit here. I'm just saying that when that weight starts coming, when, he, when you feel the Lord come to look, tell him, come on, look, help me. He'll put a scaffolding around you to, until you can get built. He won't let you crumble and, and be a mess. He'll, he'll take care of that. But if you just say to him, ah. He's not going to be able to be in strength for you. So I'm asking you to stand right now. And I'd ask you to just pray these prayers over yourself right now. I want to say a prayer. And I want you to say these prayers with you. If you'll just say these over yourself right now. Sometimes I just lay my hands on my own head and I just pray. I just pray. I just say something. So would you just say these words, Lord Jesus, bring steadfastness and permanence to me. Bring superiority in these respects of the reward to come. When I compare it to my present suffering, bring me strength and durability Write upon me the name you desire. May you say to me, well done, thou good and faithful servant. May you say that. And I warn you today, church, it's not a given that he's going to say that. I hear preachers preaching I hear preachers talking, but preacher, don't be fooled. You still have to please God. You still have to walk circumspectly before God. When you fall, you still have to get under construction. But there's a significance coming. 
That significance is one of being a monumental pillar of the free and powerful grace of God. Never, never to be defaced or never to be removed. We heard of ISIS going through the old temples and tearing everything out and wiping them out and tearing all the religious structures down. Let me tell you, the kind of pillar that God's building in the church, he's going to take home with him to glory. And he said, when you overcome, I'm going to make him a pillar and I'm going to write in his name the new Jerusalem and he will never go in and never come out ever again. We're not just living for this life. Paul said, if in this life only you had hope, you would be among men most miserable but we're going somewhere we gotta be under construction grace will bring you to him mercy will keep you near him but faithfulness and steadfastness will give you this dignity of having his name written would you just pray right now that you will never be defaced or removed from the presence of God. Hallelujah. I wonder if we would step out from where we are today. And I'd just like to pray for the internet before you come. And, and then if you could just turn Facebook off and turn the, the internet uh, off. And we're going to pray for people here in the house today. Uh, at this, After I pray for the internet, if you'll just close that out. Close this, this one out here. Father God, we thank you for those that are watching today. I know, Father, that you have some people that could help this church as it gets ready to take its next big step. We, we don't even know what that is. I don't know what that is. If it was, I would prepare the pastor for it. But I feel in my spirit to build the war chest. And I pray for these that are going to receive this word from me today and begin to help this church that you begin to bless, Father, for the words they're hearing, for every week the word that's coming to them through this Facebook channel. And Lord God, we thank you for their lives. We thank you that this day Satan is repelled and the glory of God begins to work on the pillar where weight can come down. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. God bless you. We'll see you next time.